Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Hallelujah. Happy Resurrection Sunday, everyone. Come on, let's praise Jesus one more time. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It is so good to be able to come and worship Jesus on what I would say is the celebration of the greatest act in history ever. We're celebrating the most important decision that a person could make today, and that decision began with God. God made a decision to come to this earth, and he made a decision to offer his life. And he went to the cross, and he was crucified, and on the third day, he rose again, and today we declare that he's alive. Can we put our hands together? Hallelujah! Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And you know what? It turns out that that greatest of acts, it was actually a trade. When Jesus came to the earth, he knew that he was making a trade, and trading in a way has been part of the mode of survival for, for you know, mankind since the very beginning. People would trade before there was currency. Our economies were driven by bartering. One person would bring what they raised up in their farm and they would pay that way instead of with money. We actually fished out this, uh, um, we found this, this image. This was from uh, Harper's uh, Weekly Magazine. And this was a picture of a guy paying for a magazine subscription with his produce. I preached once in the mountains some remote mountains of Guatemala. There was no electricity, no running water, and we brought lots of gifts to the people. We did a clinic for the people. We brought doctors with us. And one of the things that the people would do is they would bring, like they brought boiled potatoes because that's what they had and they wanted to somehow um, kind of say, hey, thank you. And so from the very beginning, trading has big, uh, been a big deal. When I was a kid, I used to love trading baseball cards. Anybody remember back in the Stone Age when, when you would trade uh, baseball cards? So, woohoo to to the old school brothers. Yes, indeed. So there were all kinds of things that when we were kids, we would trade. And then with the dawning of the internet, trading became a phenomenon. When the internet came, people started trading all kinds of things, even to this very day. There are websites uh, um, dedicated to, these, to people trading different things. I think one of the most famous is actually found on Craigslist. I wanna walk through this with you for just a second. Listen to this. So there was a guy a number of years ago who traded, he started with one red paperclip about less, about maybe a half a cent, worth a half a cent. And here's what he did. He traded that red paper clip for a fish-shaped pen. Then he traded that fish-shaped pen for a, uh, a doorknob. And that's an interesting trade, isn't it? Then he traded that doorknob for a Coleman camp stove. Now this guy's making movement. Now he's making progress here. Um, I don't know how he pulled that off, but he gave a doorknob and got a Coleman camp stove. Then he traded the Coleman camp stove for a generator. Then he traded the generator for an instant party keg beer and sign. Okay, hey, you know, that's what's going on right now. So then he traded this instant party keg beer and sign for a snowmobile. Now that's good. This dude is good, right? So I don't know how he pulled that off, 
Um, but I want to start sowing a seed. You know, people trade based on what they value. Okay. So then he traded the snowmobile for a trip for two to Yak, British Columbia. I mean, isn't that on your bucket list? Yak, British Columbia. Been dying to go there myself. And um, then he traded this trip for two to Yak, British Columbia for a box truck. Okay? No diss to Yak. And then he traded the box truck for a recording contract. Now, how he did that, I have no idea. I, I want to, like, call this guy up and talk to him. You know? So we need him with our Beyond Project, our fundraising project. <laughs> Then he traded the recording contract for a year of free rent in Phoenix, Arizona. Come on, now he's in the... Isn't it amazing? It's like in the 70s today and last week we had a snowstorm on Palm Sunday. So I understand why you went to Phoenix, brother. So good. A year free rent in Phoenix, Arizona. Then he traded a year free rent in Phoenix, Arizona for an afternoon with Alice Cooper. Hey... Okay. Remember values, right? <laughs> then he traded an afternoon with Alice Cooper for a Kiss snow globe. Now, um, research tells us that when he made this trade, everyone on the internet who was following him said, oh, you messed up, man. This was a misstep. But he said, no, there's something to this. There's something to this. And so he made the trade. And then he traded the Kiss Snow Globe for a role in a Hollywood film. Now I want to pause here and say, how did he pull that off? Well, it turns out that there's this actor. We're not going to put him up. I, you know, there's a guy who's, you know, uh, he, he's an actor. And it turns out that this actor has the largest snow globe collection, or one of the largest in the whole world. So what he did is he gave him, you know, one of a, a small role for the sake of that snow globe because he didn't have that one. You see, people trade based on what they value. What you might call a bad deal, someone else will call a good deal. And then he traded this role in a Hollywood film for a home in Saskatchewan. And so here's what he did. He started with a red paperclip estimated value of half a cent for a home estimated value, $200,000. And what you call that is trading up. Everyone say trading up. That's the title of my message today. The title of my message is Trading Up, because I have a question for you, and now this is a serious question. What about when you go to trade in life and death issues? What about when you need a trade, and it speaks to eternal issues, where you're going to spend all the rest of eternity? Like if you died today, God forbid, something happened, what if... What if we start to think about issues at that level? What about spiritual issues? Can you really trade when it comes to spiritual issues, eternal issues, life and death issues? Well, here's the thing. What this story, this internet phenomenon reveals is that men are just so creative and so ingenious, so capable. You know, my, my parents came from Cuba, and I remember being a little boy, and my dad would say in Spanish, he would say, lo que inventan los americanos. He used to say, the things that the Americans invent. Like these people are amazing, you know? The things that they can come up with. Men come up with so many amazing, ingenious deals, uh, plans, uh, uh, products. We're, we're just so incredible and we can scheme our way and trade our way at so many levels, but there is one level that there's only one kind of trade. You see? 
The reason why we celebrate, the reason why we scream, the reason why we shout is because the son of the living God, the Lord Jesus Christ, he came to the earth to make a trade that we could not make, but we desperately needed that trade. How many know he traded his life for our lives? Can we put our hands together and say thank you, Lord? Hallelujah. You see, what we're talking about today is way more important than a hobby. You see, Jesus traded down so that you and I can trade up. That's what he did. When you think about the resurrection story, I'm not going to read the resurrection story today. I'm going to read about the trade. When you think about the resurrection story, the Son of God, Jesus the Son of God, emptied himself of his glory. The minute Jesus became a man, that was a major step down. Okay? Because he was the king of glory, the creator of all things. And he took on the form of a man. And he didn't come when man was created in the image of God and was perfect. He came when man had already sinned and fallen and tainted everything. So he took on the form of a man and he came to this earth. He lived for 30 years. And then for three years, he started a ministry. The purpose of that ministry was to declare his divinity. For three years, he did nothing but prove that he was the son of God. He did nothing but distinguish himself from all other human beings who ever walked on the earth. You can collect all the PhDs together. You can collect all of the superstar athletes, the superstar businessmen. You can mash them all together and none of them compare to Jesus Christ because he was the only one and only son of the living God. He touched people, he healed people, he transformed people. He literally rose people from the dead. No one before, no one since. He was the son of the most high God. He was perfect. He was sinless. Then he went to the cross and he gave his life for us. He was not guilty, but he offered his life. And then he rose from the dead in power. And all of that was designed so that you and I could trade up. So look at what the Bible says here. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, God made him who had no sin. Everyone say no sin. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Everybody say that's me. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. That is the greatest trade in all of history. And only through Jesus can you and I make that trade. You know, I can appreciate things in other religions. I hear quotes by philosophers, people from different religions, different philosophies. And there are things that they say that have merit at times and that have wisdom, you see. But no religion, no philosopher, no leader can claim what Jesus claimed. He came to the earth. He lived a sinless life. He went to the cross and he rose from the dead in power. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. And so he made the worst trade so that we could make the best trade. And I want to pray right now for two reasons. Number one, if you don't understand the trade, I want to pray that you would get a revelation of the importance of this trade. But number two, if you're a believer here, this trade made it possible for everyone to live an amazing life of victory. 
And so it's always a burning desire in my heart that when people leave on Resurrection Sunday, that they would leave in victory. How many believe God wants us to leave in victory from this place? So let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for Resurrection Sunday that we celebrate. The rising up out of the grave of the Son of the Most High God, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And Lord, I ask that you would breathe on the next few moments and that you would touch every heart and every life as you see fit. God, thank you for this time. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. amen and Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, I want to say one more thing before I unpack the, this, this whole issue of a trade. You know, um, the Christian faith teaches, the Bible teaches, Jesus taught that there's no way to get into heaven except through Jesus Christ. A lot of people in general know that that's one of the claims that, that Christianity makes. Um, but very often we have such a low view of what that means because some people view salvation as kind of like, a, well, at least I'm not going to hell card. Even though today nobody even wants to talk about hell. You know? And, um, uh, but it's so much more. You see, like today, if some, some uh, young man or some woman got out of prison today in the state of Illinois, chances are when they got out this morning, here's the way it would go. They might give you bus fare or depending on the mood that the administrator is in, when you get out of jail, there's only one thing. They give you $20 or $40 and, and you're on your way. You're on your own. Maybe someone's waiting. Maybe someone's not waiting. Okay. And that's the way it is. You pay your time and you get out. Salvation is way bigger than that. The effects of this trade are, are, are so significant and so powerful. And I want to say this up front and then we're going to come back to this. You see, when you make this spiritual, eternal trade and you accept the work of Jesus Christ, when you accept by faith the rising of the Son of God from the dead and you make him your Lord and Savior, you, you offer up your sin and then he offers up so many wonderful things. And I want to just say this up front. When we trade up, we receive, first of all, a father. Amen. You see, we receive a father. The, the issue of fatherlessness has always been a dramatic one. In fact, God goes on to say in the Bible, he prophesied that even if your father forsakes you, if your mother forgets you, even if you've been orphaned, just know this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. How many know he is the wonderful, faithful father? Secondly, when we trade up, when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and start a relationship with him, we also receive a friend. The Bible says that he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. You see, all you have to do is look around, brothers and sisters. Look around and see that our nation, our world is plagued by people who feel isolated and lonely and who are being dominated by depression. And depression is, being, is so strong now in our culture. And life is so uh, being so belittled that people are taking their lives. Even in Illinois, kids in suburbs, in nice neighborhoods, they're taking their lives because they feel so alone. But Jesus came to trade so that you and I would never feel alone. We don't have to be depressed. He is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Hallelujah. So powerful. So, so wonderful. And then here's the last thing. And then I want to unpack this very quickly. The last thing is that when we trade up, we receive a powerful spirit. Okay. See, again, again, listen, take any philosophy you want. Take any religion that you want. No religion even makes the claim that Christ, that the Spirit of God will come into your heart. And when you accept him, the Bible puts it this way. If the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, he will quicken your mortal body. How many know God can quicken our lives by his mighty power? We have Christ in us, the hope of glory, when we accept Jesus. 
That's how people get free from drugs. That's how they get free from anger. That's how they get free from racism or, or all kinds of ugly things. There are so many ugly things that can re reside in our hearts. But when Jesus moves in, how many know he can drive all the junk out by his mighty, powerful spirit? That's the trade. We trade up. He comes in and he changes everything. Every year, I get a text message or an email from someone who many, many years ago, listen, was a Christian, but many, many, this was 12 years ago, I don't know exactly how many years ago, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, on a resurrection Sunday, they had a meeting with God. And that day, even though they had come into God, that day God visited them by his mighty power. And, and even though they had deep personal trauma, deep uh, and profound confusion, deep hurt, a deep sense of isolation, every ugly thing that you could imagine, they had an encounter with the spirit of the most high God. And it's been an amazing thing to watch this person send me an email or a text message year after year. And every time they call, they've got, they, they send something. They've got something new that Jesus has done in their lives. A new measure of blessing, a new measure of victory. How many know he said, I will take you from strength to strength and from glory to glory. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus and I want to say all of that because I don't want you to listen like well today is for people who don't understand Jesus well today is for every single one of us because he wants to release his resurrection power in this room but let's walk through this trade this is so beautiful this is so wonderful here is how we get to trade up. Number one, Jesus traded innocence for guilt. Jesus traded innocence for guilt. God made him who had no sin. Amen. Jesus was innocent. Now, this is an issue that in our culture we love to talk about and yet depending, sometimes we hate to talk about. We love to talk about this issue in the sense that it is a, I'll just say it's an American pastime to talk about how bad things are. We love talking about how bad uh, 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 the world is. We love to talk about how bad the government is. We love to talk about how bad other people are. In fact, our whole news system, our whole media system is based on bad news. And guess what? Don't say, well, I don't like bad news. Yes, you do, because you keep watching it. <laughs> we just watch it, watch it hours after hours. Some people live with the news on. Bad news, bad news, criticism, put down. We love bad news, and we, as long as it's not about us. See, I've never so far, I've never been invited to someone's house for a fellowship and say, hey guys, we want everyone to come over because I want to talk about all of my jacked up issues. Would you just come and fellowship with me and tell me all the things that are wrong? You ever been to one of those parties? Not so. We don't like that. We have no problem looking at someone else and go, man. You know, but when it comes to us, we don't like that. But here's the thing, you see, in fact, let me pause. Let me say one more thing. Look, we have a, a, a classic example of that right now. How about the Jesse Smollett case? Listen, I don't know who's guilty, but I know this. Somebody is guilty. I know somebody's guilty. You see, but here's what powerful people do. Powerful people they try to make their way around their own guilt. They'll pay for the lawyer. They'll pay for this. They'll pay for that. They'll do whatever they have to do to get out of being guilty. It's just the nature of man to say, look, I just want to cover up what I did, and I don't want to deal with that. 
But see, listen, Jesus could not look away from our sin. Jesus had to deal with what's wrong with us because if he didn't deal with what was wrong with us, then we could never be free. You see, he loved us so much that he couldn't, he couldn't cover it up because in the halls of heaven, there's no politics in heaven. Before the throne of God, no one has the power to make a deal. You see, there's no kind of backroom deals in heaven. God is a just God. God is a holy God. A lot of people love when they hear that God is love, and he is love. He's pure love. He's total love, but he's also a holy and a just God. He doesn't look at one person and say, you get by, but you don't get by. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and justice must be met. Justice must be done. But listen. How did, he, how did he fulfill the, the demand of justice? He sent his innocent son. We were declared not guilty because Jesus was declared guilty. How many are thankful for that amazing trade? Unless it doesn't matter how much, uh, it doesn't matter uh, 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 how much money you have, it doesn't matter uh, how much education you have or how much you don't have. You know, none of those things matter. When you stand before God and everyone will stand before the, the holy and the living God. You know, people don't like talking about that, but we have to talk about things that are important. Any family that, that avoids the important issues, they are in big trouble. Well, it doesn't get more important than this. And so God, because he loved us so much, he said, I'm going to make a trade. I'm going to send my innocent son to die for the guilty. All have sinned. All fall short of the glory of God. We can't barter. Here's what religion is. Religion is man trying to be good enough to be accepted by God. So all religions are like this. We try to do good things and say, look, you see, Lord, I, I mowed my, labor, my neighbor's lawn. Or you see, Lord, I, I changed that flat tire for someone. Or I gave someone money. Or I did this. Or I did that. But, but that's not good enough. Everybody say, that's not good enough. <laughs> it's good that you do good things, but that's not good enough. For the wages of sin, the Bible says, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. You understand? So, so we don't get there. Now here's what Christianity is. Christianity is Jesus saying they could never do what they need to do to be declared not guilty because they're guilty. But I am not guilty. I'm going to go down and I'm going to let them declare me guilty. There have, there have been inst, uh, instances in our history, even drug uh, kingpins have actually paid someone to, to, to uh, go and, and, and serve their sentence. I'll take care of your family. I'll give you money when you get out. Just serve these next 15 years. But it's not like that when we stand before God. And here's what Jesus did. Please listen to me. Because you might be here and you may have brought guilt into this room. And if you brought guilt, it could be 20-year-old guilt. It could be 20-day-old guilt. It doesn't matter. I'm telling you right now, Jesus Christ loved you so much. He loved you so much. He loved me so much that he offered his life. He shed his blood so that anyone who tries to point a finger at you, if you accept him as Lord and Savior, they cannot call you guilty because whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Can we put our hands together? Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's why this story is called the good news. So the first thing is he traded innocence for guilt. The second thing Jesus traded was punishment for peace. He traded punishment for peace. The Bible says God made him who had no sin ready to be sin for us. Everybody say, that's me. That's me. He became sin for us. 
So he said, listen, I will take on their sin and I will accept the punishment that goes with sin. I will receive that for myself. I will become the offering. You know, when you hear the story of, when you read the story of Jesus, you realize that Jesus was framed. He was falsely accused, but not really. And you know why? It's because even though they were trying to frame him, he had already decided that he was going. He had already made the decision, I'm going to be punished. He knew. He knew that they were going to whip him and beat him and put a, a, a crown of thorns in his head. He knew that they would cross, crucify him. And he, here's what he said. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They don't even understand. While he was being punished. How much does God love you that even when we're sinning against, he says, God, forgive them. That's the kind of savior that Jesus is. How do, I, how do I put this into perspective? I just heard, I was watching um, a master class, and it turns out that one of the teachers in master class tells a story. And the story, if they could send me a, a send one of the keyboard players out. So the, in the master class, he tells a story of walking, there's a, this man who was walking in the woods with his two children. And as he was walking with his two children, he stepped on a hornet's nest on the ground. And so, so when he stepped on the hornet's nest and they started, you know what happens, they just, they're angry and they just, they, you know, they all come out. When he stepped on the hornet's nest, what he did was he had two little children. He said to his two little children, run! Run, get away, get away, run as far as you can. And he's saying, run, 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 but he's standing there. You see, he didn't move. And he didn't move because he knew that if he ran with his kids, they would get his kids too. So he just stayed there. And he let them. I know a lot of parents are relating right now. What would you do if you stepped on a hornet's nest and you were with your little babies? Right? Of course. So he stands there. He said, in my mind, there was no question. I was going to stand there. So when it, all when it all finishes out, he had about 36 or 39 stings. You see? And his children knew. Imagine that history. They knew. My daddy was stung 39 times so that I wouldn't get stung. Here's what, here's what the trade was. Jesus said, sting me, sting me, sting me as many times as you want so that my children, those that I love, would not receive the sting of death. Could you thank God for the sacrifice, the punishment? Come on, let's put our hands together and say thank you, Lord. That's exactly what he did for you and me. That's exactly what he did. You know, when I was a, first became a Christian, I remember they, they would sing this song. We don't sing this song anymore. Um, but the song went like this. It was, he was nailed to the cross for, I know I can't sing, but that's all right. <laughs> Listen to this. He was nailed, don't play anything, because then you'll really kill me right now. <laughs> Listen, he was nailed to the cross for me. He was nailed to the cross for me. On the cross, crucified for me, he died. He was nailed to the cross for me. How many are thankful that Jesus was nailed to the cross? Listen to me. Listen to me. I don't know what you brought into the building today. I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you've done. It doesn't matter how ugly it is. In our choir, in our church, we have X everything. You know why? Because he said, sting me. <laughs> what, you feel like you deserve punishment? I'm telling you right now, Jesus says, no, I took your punishment. 
I want to wash you. I want to cleanse you. I want to give you a new life. Yes, thousands of years later, the spirit of the living God moves on the earth. And he's looking for people because look, look, everybody looks so nice on Easter. Even though we're missing a few hats, the, you know, back in the day, the ladies would wear these gigantic hats. We gotta bring those hats back. Come on. Amen. And uh, but listen. We go home. We have real life, real problems, real hurt, real pain. Just know this. He was nailed to the cross for you. Whatever guilt, whatever shame, he doesn't want you to have a drop or an ounce of it. He proves it with his life. You see? He already paid for it. What amazing news. And here's the last thing, and we'll close. Jesus, here's the last thing he did. He traded rejection for acceptance. You know, after being in the ministry for over 25 years, can I tell you what I've discovered? I've discovered that rejection crushes human beings. And acceptance heals them. It's an amazing thing how when a person feels profoundly rejected, isolated, the absolute negative, horrendous impact that he has. But see, Jesus came and he said, reject me so that all of us could be accepted. Why would God accept you? Here's why. He who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. And when you are righteous with God, it means that you are completely correct in good standing before the Most High God. In ourselves, we can't be in good standing. That we might become the everyone righteousness of God. Right standing with God. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when you accept him into your heart, this is one of the reasons why we pray in the name of Jesus. It's because when we come to him, we come to him, but not based on who we are, but based on, how, on who he is. You understand? And so no one here need feel Rejected. Even if you've been rejected your whole life, I'm telling you right now, you are accepted by the most important person in all of the universe. Hallelujah. He's so powerful. And here's what happens. I want to go back to this. So what happens when we accept him as Lord and Savior? We're no longer rejected, but now the father comes in. Now the friend comes in. And now the powerful spirit of God comes into your life and begins to make everything different. I just marvel at how God changes people. One of the most fun things, there are a lot of hard things about the ministry, but let me tell you the best thing about the ministry. The best thing about the ministry is watching God change people. There are stories that we can't even tell because, because people have stuff. But man, what a privilege it is to watch God transform someone's life. Do you have a broken marriage? Jesus can transform your marriage. You have isolation and rejection in your home. Jesus can turn all of that rejection into acceptance. We've watched him transform marriages. Do you, do you have a, have you kind of, uh, uh, because of drugs, have you burned every bridge possible because of some kind of crazy habit? We come across people all the time. They just burn all of their bridges because they're a slave to some kind of thing. How many know Jesus can turn all of that around by his mighty power? Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what it is. It, it could be uh, you're just destroying yourself or you've destroyed people. It doesn't matter. You have created a way to, 
to actually you in your own mind you say man I should be rejected but Jesus said no you're not rejected I wash you I I, I pay the price for you and now I'm gonna change you how many love when God changes people that's what he does so here's the last thing here's how I kind of when this the lights really started to turn on for me I was a, a, a little well, I was a young man, I became a Christian, but I was a baby in the Lord. I didn't people walking into church, raising their hands. I was like, these people are nuts. I don't get all of this, but I just knew I had been touched in my heart. So I was trying to figure it all out. Maybe you're here like that. So here's what happened. I, I met this guy who was a police officer and he, he'd started to teach me about Jesus. And, um, Here's what he would do. We were both single, kind of hanging out. It's 11 o'clock. And he was a real man of God. He'd say, come on, let's go for a walk in the park. I don't know. I believe this story is for somebody. He would say, let's go for a walk in the park. And um, we would walk. And we'd be like bad neighborhood. But he was packing, so it's all good. <laughs> so bad neighborhood, dangerous park. But we're walking in the park. His name was Jimmy. Jimmy would raise his hands and he would go, hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, I praise you. I remember the first times I used to look over at him. You know, you know, some people nosy, like, so he's walking and I'm like, and I remember, I remember him going, hallelujah. And then all of a sudden we would walk into like a wall of the presence of God. And it was like, Jesus is real. Jesus is real. And his powerful spirit would come down. How many know, even though Jesus came to the earth and left the earth, he now sends his spirit to be with us. His spirit is all powerful. His spirit can change anything and everything because he is the most high God. Have you made the trade? Have you traded up? Like when you think about this moment, Jesus has been doing this day after day since the day he rose from the dead. He's just been over and over and over again, reaching out to people knocking on the door of their hearts. Listen. He knocks on the door of our hearts because he wants to make a trade. He wants to trade our guilt, our shame, our weakness, our failure for his victory, his love, and his power. That's how everything changes. Here, what the Bible says, and I'll close with this, the Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, the, the past is gone, and now the new is before us. How does that happen? We open the door. So. In the privacy of this moment, just close your eyes for a minute because we want to we wanna pray now. We want to ask the powerful spirit to work in every life now. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So listen, are you here today? Maybe you've gone to church. Maybe you... Um, Maybe your grandmother served God or your mother served God or maybe you've, you've had exposure but, but not the moment in time where you actually opened up your heart and invited Jesus in. Jesus did not die so that we could come to church. Jesus died because he wanted to live in our hearts. He wanted to... He wanted to make a trade that would get him into our hearts and in our lives. And he wanted to make everything different. So if you're here today, you've never opened up the door of your heart and you would say, today, I want to do that. I want to start that relationship. I want to trade up. 
I want to give it, I want to give up whatever I need to give up to, to have Jesus in my heart. Only Jesus could make that trade, but we have to open up the door of our hearts. And if you're here today and while I was speaking, you could feel him. You could feel him knocking, knocking, knocking on the door of your heart and saying, just let me in. Just let me in because you know I love you. I love you. And if that's you, you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. It's as simple as saying a prayer. And I'd love to lead you in that prayer. Would you raise your hand if you want to, if you want to just open the door of your heart? Anyone in the building? Come on, just raise your hand right now. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Thank you. Hands are going up. The Spirit of God is knocking on the door of your heart. I want to raise them nice and high so that I could see. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hands are going up in the building. Is there, is there anyone else? I want to wait. Don't resist the knocking of the Holy Spirit on your heart. Is there anyone else? Okay, you can put your hands down now. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And the only reason I'm leading you in this prayer is because you've never done it before. Jimmy taught me how to pray, and I'm going to help you to pray. But after this, you'll, you'll have your own walk with God that you'll start because he's going to come in by his spirit and live inside of your heart. So everyone in the, in the, in the room, just repeat after me. Lord Jesus. Thank you for Resurrection Sunday. I thank you that 2,000 years ago, you came to this earth and you lived a sinless life. And then you offered yourself up as a sacrifice because you wanted to trade my guilt and my shame for your peace and your love. And I want to receive that right now. Forgive me for all of my sin. Would you wash away all the guilt and shame? And I open up the door of my heart now. I answer the door and I want to invite you in. Sit on the throne of my heart. Be my King and my Lord, my Savior and my friend. Help me by your power to become everything that you want me to be. Thank you for receiving me even as I receive you. Amen and amen. Could we praise God for everyone? Hallelujah! Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed, blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, I want to congratulate you. The Bible says to them that believed, to them who put their faith in Jesus Christ, he gave them the power to become sons and daughters of God. You are a child of God, and he lives in your heart. Come on, let's praise God. Hallelujah. If you raise your hand, hopefully by now you've received a, a box. That box is a gift from our church to you. And the purpose of that gift is to give you a Bible it's, we want to help you start your new relationship with God. The Bible is God's love letter to your life. It's God's guidebook for life. And so we, we have a Bible in there and a note from my wife and I and a couple of other things to help you with your walk with God. At the end of this service, if you have a few minutes and you got one of those boxes, would you come to the front? Our pastors would love to just shake your hand and say hello to you. That would be such an awesome blessing to us. Now, come on, let's praise God for their lives one more time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now I want everyone to stand. I want you to stand, but I want you to listen because we're going to close the meeting by praying. The Bible says, my house shall be called the house of prayer. And we want to close this meeting by praying because remember, remember, this isn't, 
Today is not just a day for people who've never let Jesus into their hearts like, like uh, many people did just now. Today is also a day for every believer. Maybe you're here today. You know, we have a name for people who come twice a year, Christmas and Easter. We call them Christers. And we, we, we're so happy you're here. Amen. But listen, listen. Listen. A day like today is meant to be a reminder to you that God wants to lose his power in your life. That he wants to bring transformation in your life. I prayed, here's what I pray. I pray this morning and I pray right now. I pray that as you leave this place that there would be a voice in your head, a voice in your heart saying, I love you and I wanna change you. I wanna help you. The Holy Spirit is called the helper. So let's close our eyes one more time. I'm just curious, is anyone here, you've come into the building, maybe you've been a little bit away from God or estranged, but either way, maybe you come every Sunday, but today is one of those days where you need a work of the power of the Spirit of God. Could you raise your hand right now? Could you raise your hand? We're gonna pray for the touch of heaven before we leave. Come on, raise your hands up nice and high. Hallelujah, if you need a touch of the powerful Spirit of God, Hands are, are going up all over the building. I, I need a touch of the power of the Spirit of God. So look, take someone's hand right now. This is the way we're going to close. Would you pray? We're all God's children. Come on, let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up hearts. We lift up homes. We lift up marriages. We lift up relationships. We lift up jobs. We lift up physical illness. God, we lift up habits. We lift up emotions. We lift up different challenges of every type and God we pray that your spirit would come down in power oh God the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead would you release your spirit into every heart every mind every life every home by your mighty power God do what only you can do oh God show yourself mighty and glorious oh God keep speaking and whispering into every heart So God, let this be a moment of breakthrough by your mighty power. We thank you. We praise you. God, let us have all this day rejoicing in our resurrected Savior. In the mighty name of Jesus and everyone.